Broadcasting from the Ohio Valley, talking about the Ohio Valley. We're live and local. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Coming through the door I think we've met somewhere before Hello, love Hello Hello, love Where in the world have you been so long? I missed you so since you've been gone Hello, love Morning, set a spell Hello, love Make yourself feel right at home I hope you plan on staying long Come in, love Come up a chair and sit down. Come Look in, love. There used to be. <laughs> <laughs> I must say they had a card game in over yeah, the weekend. Just, just looked around and noticed. Uh, like, nobody called me for the card game. Yeah, yeah. extra chairs here around the, in this, in the, in the studio. Uh, 8, 10, 10 after the hour here. Watchdog Morning Show. Good morning, good friend. Welcome to the program. Join me if you'd like to. Frio Stack Auction Service text line 304-214-1600. Frio Stack Auction Service phone line 304-232-8255. It's going to be a cloudy day today, spotty rain showers throughout the day, high eh, 44, 45, 46, somewhere in that range. A little bit warmer than we are right now, but not a whole lot warmer than we are right now. Tomorrow, cloudy with some rain showers, which then become snow showers. And um, Adam said around 10 o'clock tomorrow we can start to see the snow showers, right? Just about when we finish up, Howard, uh, we might have to stick around a little while and uh, shovel some snow. Excuse me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can I call Nancy to come in? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if Nancy will come in and help out. <laughs> Daytime high tomorrow. Pretty much about is today, 43, 44, 45, somewhere around there. And then the snow will continue, I guess, uh, into Wednesday. And we are looking for not wild accumulation, but it's not going to be a flake or a flurry, I guess. It's going to be a at least a dusting. I mean, Adam said could be an inch in lower elevations. At higher elevations, could see two inches. So... This could be, I'm not, it's not a big deal. I want to be careful how I phrase that. But this could be our first real snow of the season. Yeah, kind of looking forward to it. <clears throat> and it's, you know, looks, we're what, two weeks, three weeks away from Christmas, something like that. So. Oh, geez, Howard, you had to go there. I know, I just said that out loud. I've said before, everything in the Monroe family is taken care of except my wife. I have zero for her. I have nothing for her. I tell her this every day. I say, the, all these packages come to the house, you know, because I order all this stuff from Amazon. And they come to the house. And, and she likes this. Well, this is for you. I, her implication, I think, is maybe I sh- she shouldn't open it because maybe it's for me. I said, honey, open anything that comes. There's nothing coming for you. Nothing. Well, I got an idea, Howard. You're going to be stay down at the swanky Greenbrier. Uh, we're going to be Greenbrier. I'm sure they got things down there for sale, Howard. Take your little wallet with you and buy something really, really nice down you know, there. The last time I was at the Greenbrier, well, I wanted to buy something for myself. And you know how much I love pens, right? Oh, you got to have a couple of them. So, and uh, Mont Blanc is the, you know, the king of the pens, the the, the, the premier pen. So, uh, they have a Mont Blanc store down there. I thought, well, for heaven's sakes. And I, I went to Greenbrier, you know, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm going to splurge. 150 bucks, 200 bucks. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'm the Greenbrier. I walked into that store. I couldn't have gotten. I that wouldn't have been tax on the pens they had. <laughs> so I'm thinking that probably as much as I would love to buy something for my wife at the Greenbrier, 
I'm just a thinking probably I'm not going to find what I need down there. And here's another thought, Howard. You know the Greenbrier is right down there in the mountains. Yes. How about a little Christmas blizzard for Howard Monroe and his traveling well, I party? I don't say that. Well, be, be stuck at the Greenbrier, Howard. Well, if I had to be stuck somewhere, I guess I could be stuck there, right? I, if they had room. Last time I was stuck at the Greenbrier, they had, uh, they, I had a, a very nice room at the Greenbrier, and they had given my room to somebody else. What? Yeah. But, but, so they upgraded me to a private cottage. Oh, okay. Which was, it's on the outskirts of the, it's in the Greenbrier grounds, but it's, yeah, it's on the outskirts. Did you have a butler, Howard? Oh, I might as well. I'm telling you, the bedroom was as big as my house. There was a kitchen. There was a, there was a den. There, I mean, it was just, it was like, it was a great, beautiful outdoor porch. And didn't, co- I mean, it cost me the same cost as a, as a room, but it was an upgrade because they, they, they made a mistake. It was it was great. So maybe if you know maybe it snows, they'll keep me there and give me something good. I, oh no, wait! But you know what? That's Christmas. I don't want to be gone for Christmas. I, I want to be back in time for Christmas. Well, yeah, you have to get back here. But don't forget, man, you're down there where they get some snow, and you're driving. I take it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. The snow's not going to be a good thing for us. Two foot of snow, Howard, in Greenbrier County. Um, probably not going to find anything for my wife at um, at the Greenbrier. Just it's going to be too expensive. First place. By the time I buy dinner. <laughs> I can't afford anything else. I'm going to remind her that, you know, it'll be $1,000 worth of dinner. So just enjoy yourself, you know, food-wise. But um, we are going to stop at Tamarack, I think. Maybe Tamarack has a few less expensive things, so maybe I can find find some things there. All right, what's coming up today? What are we talking about? Frustrations mount among downtown business owners. The Streetscape Project expands. But the city was pretty busy this weekend. Mayor Elliott coming in to talk to us about that. When Joe Manchin decided to not run for re-election, a lot of people thought the Democratic ticket would be vacant. But in fact, Zach Shrewsbury is now the only Democrat in the race, but he is in the race. Does he think he can win? Oh, I hope he's not that foolish. I shouldn't say that. We'll talk to Zach coming up this morning. And uh, we'll have some easy holiday trivia coming up as well. A chance for you to win some food and fun for us from us here at the Watchdog Morning Show. All right, uh, we're going to talk to Willie Merritt, Glenn Elliott, um, about why he can't make this thing right. Why can't he fix it? What is wrong with the mayor? He's in charge. He's the boss. How come the streets are all a mess? And, you know, I've got to see what's going on. Mayor Elliott coming up. On the last talk line on Metro News, WVU Athletic Director Ren Baker making it clear that Neil Brown will be back as a head football coach next season. You know, Coach Brown, I've never said anything to speculate differently. I know other people speculate, but uh, Coach Brown is going to be our football coach, and we're excited about what the future holds and excited about, um, you know, what uh, building on what was a really good year. All right, so keep up on what's happening at West Virginia with Talk Line. Comes your way weekdays at 10.06. Right here on this Metro News radio station. We'll talk to you then. Looking to buy or sell a home? For a reliable, experienced agent that has been serving the Tri-State area for over 30 years, contact Denise Pavlik, Realtor Salesperson with Paul Associates in the Glendale Marshall County office at 304-281-5250. Need a new suit? Looking for a good book? Searching for a unique gift? The Ohio Valley's premier shopping choice is the Highlands. Find jewelry, hot new tech, arts and crafts, over two dozen stores to visit. From Walmart and Target to Cabela's, Menards, Kohl's, and Old Navy. Plan a day out of shopping, dining, and entertainment at the Highlands. At the top of the hill off I-70. See it all online at hitthehighlands.com. 
Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 want to thank the owners and contractors of the Ohio Valley for using their locally trained workers to help build for the future. Local 83 helps design, fabricate, and build the gas infrastructure for the oil and gas industry here in the Ohio Valley. Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 is 300 members strong and growing. They also do residential, commercial, and industrial work on both sides of the river. For more information, call Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 at 304-233-4445. Live from the Robinson Auto Group Studios, in the heart of the Ohio Valley, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. There it is, Howard. 818 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Music at B.E. Taylor is our holiday bumper music theme for the morning this morning here on a uh, Monday morning. Let's see uh, over the weekend uh, headline streetscape work has downtown wheeling business in survival mode. Intel editorial communication lacking with streetscape work. Frio Stack auction service text line this morning. Three things that we know for sure in the Ohio Valley. The water park at the Highlands is not coming. The cracker plant will never arrive. And Wheeling will be under construction for years and years to come. And apparently, it's all Glenn Elliott's fault. I just want you all to know. No, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. Mayor Elliott is here with us this morning. Good morning, Mr. Mayor. Good morning, Mr. Moreau. And I'm not so uh, I'm not so sure how much you are kidding there, but uh, good morning either way. Well, you are you are look you're you are the focal point. You and council, I guess, in general, are the focal yeah. point of the anger and the frustration. And you you're a smart guy. You you look around. You see it. You hear it. I mean, the frustration <laughs> has just really it's just boiling yeah, over now. Yeah, there's yeah, and you know, often I mean, look. Uh, city elected officials are the closest to the people that they represent, and and it's often like the case when things aren't right in the city of Wheeling, they're going to blame us. And you know, I understand that. I've I've made a lot of mistakes during my time in office, and sometimes deserve it. Uh, you know, when it comes to this project, um, I think you saw my uh, my post, but uh, like there is a little frustration because um, I still talk to people about this project almost daily. I would say only 10 to 15 percent of the people understand this is not the city's project, um, and they think we are doing this project, and, and they don't understand that this is a state-driven project, paid for, planned, implemented by the state of West Virginia Division of High Highways, and we have absolutely no um, actual authority when it comes to how this project is being implemented. Uh, all we have is the ability to make requests um, and to ask this things be done a certain way and i think you know they've taken a lot of our suggestions and requests but it's not our project and um and so the frustration is getting a little uh high with people but you know it it uh, it's tough for me to be able to i mean i I wish we had more authority under state law uh, 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 uh to basically change the conversation in a way where where you know we had um so like some uh, uh some uh, some ability some um, you know, some levers we could pull where the project might be done a little different way, communication might be a little better. 
we don't have those. Um, all we can do is ask and plead, and I know the city staff has done that, uh, you know, trying their best to work with the contractors here and work with DOH. It's just this is a, this is a project of a massive scale, um, you know, being undertaken in the middle of the city center. Uh, you know, most DOH projects are out on highways somewhere or on bridges. Uh, this is right downtown, and, you know, it's a challenge. All right, and, and I, I get all of that, and I, I actually yeah. fully and completely understand it. What I don't get, and I, I, I know you don't want to criticize overly, but why can't, I mean, you get it. I think, you know, Bob Herring gets it, your administration gets it, your council members get it. Certainly the businesses in downtown get it. We know it's a good thing happening, but there's got to be a better way to do it. So why can't, why doesn't the part, where is the, where's the breakdown? And maybe breakdown is not the right word, but why is there no response in the Department of Highways? Why are they not recognizing what you are recognizing and pretty much everybody is recognizing that this is not working quite the way it should? Well, well look, um, just to be very clear, the primary interface with Division of Highways on city staff is the city manager. You know, I, um, and I participated in a lot of meetings early on, but now that we're in the implementation phase, I don't talk to DOH daily. Uh, it's just not set up that way. Um, they talk to the city. They, they talk to our city staff a lot as a city manager, uh, but I don't know that they don't care or that they're not trying. It's just uh, you're dealing with a situation where, uh, um, you know, I was talking with the city manager about this. Like, I think DOH looks at this as one big highway project. Mm -hmm. And really, we look at it as like, like the, there are 200 parcels impacted by, it, by this project. A lot of businesses, uh, pedestrian access, you know, vehicular access. Uh, there's a lot of complicated pieces to it. A DOH is just set up like a pretty big entity. It's a, I mean, it's, look, it's a, um, it's a giant government entity with multiple different arms, and they're working through a contractor. Um, you know, I don't know that the system is set up in a way that they can be completely responsive to the concerns of, of all the different businesses. When you know they're basically, um, you know, programmed to do one thing, and that's fix these streets. Um, I'm not saying they couldn't do a better job. They certainly could. I think we could all do a better job, but the system is not set up in a way where um, uh, they're just not set up in a way where they can take the concerns of 200-plus different parcels and you know, impact them all into a project that is so big, so massive, so time-driven. Um, you have a contractor that is working on deadlines as well. Um, it's tough. And quite honestly, you know, look, um, I, think why, I think why people get frustrated is, is they expect uh, to be able to complain to their elected officials about this project. Um, and um, it makes people absolutely livid when their elected officials can't solve it because it's out of their control. But, you know, DOH is, is a, um, you know, they're not elected, and, you know, they're not, um, uh, it's very hard for your average citizen here and willing to make a complaint about DOH is going to get to anybody and be solved anytime soon. It's a tough situation. Um, and look, and I say all this, um, I'm not saying the situation is good downtown, but I have seen a lot of efforts being made, especially by people I mean, on the street level working on this project, the DOH engineers and the Triton workers. I've seen a lot of efforts made to accommodate local businesses. Um, you know, I live and work right in the middle of this. I have two buildings right in the middle of this project, and I see it all the time. I think they've done a lot to accommodate individual people, but um, in terms of the overall communication, in terms of overall um, you know, how can we 
sort of inform the public about this and give people expectations. I think that area is something we need to do better on. Uh, but I can tell you that we, we've tried to push that conversation. It's just we haven't been successful yet. You know, I, I have come to understand, and actually you you, you yeah. talked about it a few minutes ago, and then I saw some comments somewhere in some material right over the weekend of, from Bob Heron. I never thought about the fact that the Department of Highways considers a highway project, like the I-70 yeah. work, you know. They see it a giant yeah. project like that as opposed yeah. to a, res, not residential, but a downtown business area project. That perspective is one I hadn't had before, and I, I do get that. <clears throat> but the, the, the biggest concern that, that I not the biggest, but a big concern I yeah. have see from people, and businesses in particular, is just communication. That, you yeah. know, last week, last Monday, Tuesday, whatever day it was, suddenly Market Street shut down. Now, there was yeah. a day or two advance notice. There was a press release put out. I will acknowledge that. Um, but suddenly Market Street is shut down. Business is there. Yeah. Are, are are no longer able to have people coming by. I mean, it's it's the communication, I think, that frustrates people at this stage. Well, Howard, just last week, and again, I, I need people to understand, I'm not sitting here trying to blame anybody because, it's like, none of this is any one person's fault. Um, we have, um, you know, the way the system is set up under West Virginia, cities are kind of on the sidelines when it comes to how these decisions are made about state roads. And Main and Market Street downtown are state roads, period. Um but I just last week in front of my own building, a decision was made uh, to take all the curbs off the sidewalks um, and about at about three feet of sidewalk. I asked the city manager I, if that was going to happen because uh, I, I, no one had told that to me. No one had told that to him. He checked with DOH. No one even told that to DOH, I don't believe. And I think the contractor just had some spare time where they had to get some things done or whatever, where they had, had, had folks. <laughs> With nothing else to do. But the issue is, it, it, look, like no one did anything wrong there, but I have a whole, you know, uh, the entire 1300 block of market was completely transformed in a couple of days with no one really being given any notice. Uh, I have people coming to me saying, what's going on here? And it, it's very unsatisfying when, it, when I tell them, I don't know. But, you know, that's just the way the project is. I, look, we're going to do what we can to, to try to get some better communication. Uh, you know, I, as they moved over to market now, it, 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 and they're still working on Maine, we're at the period of what I, would, I call maximum inconvenience right now because there's really – our two main thoroughfares are, are in a challenged condition. Um, but um, the notion that the city is not trying to stay uh, – uh, you know, stay informed and give people some information on this is just wrong. It's just, you know, it's a moving target sometimes. And I, I, I had to laugh last week or the week before you had uh, Mr. McGrew, uh, uh, Mr. McGrew on saying that if he was very – like, I, I, he would just negotiate with DOH on this. And I, I literally laughed out loud when I heard that because the entire idea of negotiation is based on each side having something that they want and each side ha having something that they want to give. There's no negotiation when you don't have any power. That's like a kid negotiating where you're going for a vacation next year. You, you're in the position of asking – and requesting, uh, but but you don't have any power, and th and that's more of a problem of the way the state law is set up here. Um, I've been telling folks uh, for a long time, you know, in the legislature, that um, the we need to give cities more authority when it comes to state road projects in city limits. Um, Howard, we can't even put a stop sign on Route Two or or on Route, on Route Forty if we think it's important without without permission. Um, that's a problem. 
Um, it, it's a state law problem, really, and it's just it has the force of inertia behind it because it's been that way for so long that nobody wants to change it. Um, but I think as the state continues to grow, we try to sort of help uh, help cities grow. We have to give cities some ability to have some say over how these projects are run uh, because people expect accountability. And DOH is not, you know, directly accountable to anyone at the street level. You know, we are in city council, and it's very frustrating. I get it because I, I hear it personally. It's frustrating when we can't uh, solve problems that people come to us expecting us to be able to. Yeah, and, and <clears throat> I, I, again, I, I actually do understand that. I want to look forward, not backward, but before I do that, I want to yeah. just to ask you this, and I don't want to do whataboutism yeah. and so on, but in retrospect, would you have done, would council have done, would the city have done anything different in preparation for this project, knowing what you know now? I don't know that the city has had any role in preparation <clears throat> of this project that, that would have had any impact on the project. Um, you know, we were consulted early on throughout the process about, you know, like you remember the two-way traffic debate. Again, in most different in most states around the country, if the city wanted to make its Main Street two-way, it could do that by an ordinance. Well, we were in the position where we had to ask permission, and that you know that obviously became a, became a a citywide issue of some of some notoriety. But um, in that conversation, we had a lot of conversations about you know a way to slow down traffic uh, going forward. We did you know end up with the enhanced one-way configuration that you're seeing now. The curb bump outs are coming out of that. But in terms of the implementation, I mean, implementation of this project, the way it's being staged, the way, uh, you know, where they're working on which sidewalk first and all that, that's not, if the city's had any input on that, I'm unaware of it. Um, you know, that is occurring at levels uh, far above my pay grade. And, you know, we really don't have a lot of say in that. The project is, like, they're trying to get the project done as quickly as they can, and that means putting people to work when they have some free time. And so that's why you're working on different parts of the of the project are being worked on right now. Uh, I think I heard you and Bob last week talking on the show. Well, they should have just done Main Street first. They should have just done Market Street first. I may agree with you on that, but the point is they're not going to listen to me telling them that. Um, and th- and that's where the problem is the way the system is set up. And you know that's a problem that we have to we have to get the majority in the legislature. To, I mean to listen to that on that because I've talked to other mayors as well. You know sometimes you know the way projects are done in city limits is not necessarily what's best for the local uh, uh, businesses, residents, but it's, you know, it's what's best for getting the project done. Uh, I mean, fiscally and from a time perspective, there has to be a balance. Let's look forward a little bit. Uh, first of all, yeah. I, I keep hearing sort of rumblings that there might be some slight revisions to the traffic flow in downtown that they may, I guess it would be the Department of Highways or Triton, that they may allow some two-way traffic on the parts of Market Street that are open, the northern part of it. Uh, also that the, you know, going down Lane 7, I think it's Lane 7 is the alley up there, and also yep. the Stones Alley, uh, you know, maybe maybe they ought to be yep. turned around so you can come down instead of going up. But yep. I don't know if any of that is true, but I hear talk that there's efforts being talked about to try to, given where we are, to yep. make the impact less. Any discussion about that that you're aware of? Uh, Market Street from uh, 10th to uh, 12th, or at least from 10th to 11th, is already two-way, uh, which I had to laugh at when I saw because it gave me an idea of what could have been, Howard. But no, it, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I I have heard some discussions about Lane 7 as well as you know the Stones Alley. I, um, but again, I'm not in those daily conversations. Um, 
Um, I trust our city staff to advocate as best they, they can in those. But like people just, I, mean, I, I, I know it sounds like a broken record here, but um, anytime the city is in these conversations, we are we are entering the conversation from the perspective of somebody asking for something. We are not in the perspective of someone, uh, you know, dictating or or saying that this is, like this has to be done. We don't have that authority and. I know that's frustrating. I know people don't want to hear it because it sounds like an excuse, but it just is a fact. And if, if anyone can, I can tell me under state law where I can go to, as a DOH and tell them how this project has to be done, I welcome it. But it just doesn't work that way. Um, and I don't think anyone's trying to do anything that's not best for this. I mean, the city of Wheeling, it's just, you know, this, this is a huge project with so many moving pieces. Um, it's not easy. It's just not something you can do nice and neat sometime without a lot of inconveniences. Um, you know, the point I try to make in my Facebook post is, uh, yes, it's harder to get around downtown right now, um, but it's not impossible. I live and work at, like uh, downtown, and I get my car a lot, and I have to navigate in and out all the time. Yes, I've adjusted the routes that I normally take a little bit. It may take a few extra minutes. When I walk, I've, I'm trying to avoid certain areas. But you can still get anywhere downtown. There are still two major parking garages, the 10th Street Garage and the Robert Byrd Garage, uh, with hundreds and hundreds of empty parking spaces. Um, like the fact is, you may not be able to park right in front of where you where of where you want to go right now, and if, unless you're handicapped, uh, you know that shouldn't be a reason not to still come. I come downtown and support your businesses, support your restaurants, support your retailers. Um, this is not the time to abandon them. Um, I was at a party the other night. And I heard multiple multiple people talk about how I don't go downtown anymore, and I took issue with that because to me that's uh, that's not being. Uh, I mean, that's not being a good, you know, supporter of those businesses that that you like to go visit, uh, just to turn your back on them now when the, you know their numbers are down and they're hurting. Um, you know, you need to make your way down there if you can, and you know, endure some of the pain and you know, keep those businesses going. I feel really badly for the restaurants. I mean, they're coming out of COVID as it is. Um, you know, this is not the time to turn our back on those restaurants or businesses. Well, I, I will say, and I, I posted yeah. this on Facebook over the weekend, and we talked about it earlier here this morning. Uh, I was amazed going through downtown Wheeling on Saturday night, just driving through, yeah. uh, how much yeah. activity there was in downtown, uh, up by the Capitol, down by the waterfront, yeah. West Bank Arena, and quite frankly, even down at Center Market. Um, there yeah. was a lot of activity, more than I remember seeing in a long time. So people are out and about. Yeah. Um, it may not be in that immediate construction area, but they're figuring ways to, to make it work. And I, and I guess that's the good, I guess that's the good thing. Yeah. Uh, well, on Saturday night, let me just interject, you know, I had dinner at Waterfront Hall and then went up to watch uh, some bluegrass music at the, uh, at the Bridge Tavern and both, uh, both venues were absolutely packed. And we had a sold out West Bank arena show at the Capitol. Uh, like you said, a lot of other things going on, you know, so the irony of some of that is, you know, uh, uh, folks from out of town are still making their way here to come to it to events because a lot of the like folks at the arena work from out of town. Uh, you know, we need to remind our local population not to turn their back and forget. Uh, you know, these different businesses. A lot of investments have been made. Private investments have been made in these things downtown. This is not the time to just avoid going downtown at all costs. I, I, I get you, but what 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 worries me as a citizen and as yeah. a con concerned, involved person. The city, quite frankly, is turning around. We are seeing a lot of new entrepreneurial restaurants to a large extent, but other businesses, too. We're seeing more activity than we've seen in a very long time. We're seeing people investing and reinvesting uh, in downtown and the surrounding areas. Yep. 
And I feel like this is going to knock them back 10 years, maybe not 10 years, but five years. You know, it's going to it's going to take a long time to recover what they've lost because of this, even as yep. they were on on their way up. With that said, I know you're going to hear tomorrow night, I think, at council from some businesses that have their frustrations. They mm-hmm. want to vent. What can the city do? Let's look forward. Let's forget about Triton. Let's yep. forget about the Department of Highways. What and, and forget about the fact the city can't do anything about that. What can the city do to help the businesses who are being hurt? Well, that's something that um, you know. After talking to a couple of business owners last week and hearing that some numbers are down, you know, one local business told me their numbers are down about two thirds. And here, here uh, from last year, I uh, hearing that, you know, I asked the city manager to come up with a couple different options that we could help uh, provide some relief, uh, both in the form of maybe. A tax relief, either being over sales tax relief, and also um, in, in the form of uh, uh, some direct payments based on, I think of a fund like a lost revenue fund. If you could demonstrate what your revenues were a year ago versus now, uh, something where we could help some businesses out. That's going to be on the agenda for our development committee tomorrow night at 5:15. And uh, you know, I've not talked to everyone on council about it yet, but just I know I've heard enough chatter amongst from council members to know that there's an interest in doing something to help people here. Um, you know, a lot of city funds right now are account- are accounted for with the various projects we have going on. But this is something you're absolutely right, Howard. We can't. But, uh, like this project is a once in a generation opportunity to completely revitalize our downtown. We can't let it actually take some of our long term businesses out. Um, so we're going to do what we can. Um, you know, I'm curious to see what options the city managers come up with. We talked about some on the phone, but I know he's uh, very, very good on the financial side of figuring out ways to, uh, you know, make. Uh, I'll find some funding here for something like this because it, it's important. Um, and I really think, um, you know, I didn't, I mean, I knew this project was going to be impactful, but I think one day, once they started working on both main and market to the extent that they are, we're seeing a level of impact that's probably a little worse than I anticipated. And I think, um, I, I, I think the fact that people are just kind of writing off downtown right now is the troubling aspect. And, you know, we have to do what we can to help those retailers, Along the way, maybe do some more PR to encourage folks um, to still continue coming downtown as well. Because, um, like I said, it's not as easy as it used to be, but it's not impossible. I do it every day. Um, yes, I'm able-bodied, but, um, you know, there are ways if you learn different routes, if you change your patterns, if you just accept parking in a garage maybe instead of parking right in front of where you want to get to, it's still possible um, you know, people go to Pittsburgh to like I got to dinner to go to some show and they don't mind parking in a garage. We have to get get past the fact that it's a little more difficult now, and just try to make it work and do what we can. So, City Council, I I have no doubt is going to do what we can uh, with the funds we have available to try to you know do a little bit of help tomorrow night. You know, one of the concerns that I have, and Bob yep. and I were talking earlier this morning, is um, the image that this may have left some on the Super Six this past weekend. Um, mm-hmm. This is a renewal year. I believe this is a renewal year for the Super Six. Every year, somebody tries to make a pitch sure. to take the Super Six away, and and my concern is that the this is another another something that those who want to see a change will be able to talk about. Well, look at what a mess. Yeah. That, what, look look at what a mess their traffic was when we tried to get there last time. You know, there's an yeah. image beyond our own image that we have to keep in mind too. Oh, without a doubt. Um, you know, I've not heard any feedback from the Super 6 folks. I know that, you know, there's always efforts to get that removed. I'm pretty proud of the fact that, you know, during my time in office, we've been able to take a couple tournaments away from Charleston. We've got the NBC tournament here now, and we have the a TBT tournament, both two basketball tour- uh, 
uh, tournaments. And, uh, you know, we've been able to kind of steal those away from Charleston. The last thing we want to do is give one back or something. So, you know, I'll, um, if anyone, uh, yeah, um, I'll do what I can to make sure that the, the uh, folks at the Super Six, I mean, weren't too concerned. Um, I talked to a lot of mayors, uh, you know, who were in town a couple months ago for Municipal League. And, you know, the feedback I get is, you know, um, you know, we can see what, like what's coming, and it's so very, very exciting. Um, and, and, you know, uh, there's a certain part of all these orange barrels and cones that you have to look at, you know, in a very prospective, exciting way because it does show what's coming. It's just getting through the next, you know, six to 18 months of – I think at some point, you know, in the next 18 months, the project is going to be less impactful than it is now. But I think this next six-month period is probably going to be some of the worst just because – there's so much significant work taking place both on Maine and market at the same time. Mr. Mayor, before I let you go, um, you say you're going to, you've talked to the city manager about putting together some kind yep. of relief, not sure what, but some kind of relief uh, yep. for the businesses impacted by this. Um, and as I said, I know that you're going to hear from some businesses tomorrow night at council about these issues. Sure. Will you have something concrete to say to them or will you simply still be saying we're going to work on something i mean i that's an unfair question maybe because you don't really know but yeah. uh people are going to want yeah. to people are going to want to hear more than just we're working on something yeah well no what i will uh, i will do my best to uh, you know get through the development committee and council tomorrow night and that's composed of me a vice mayor Thalman, and councilman thorngate um i get through some concrete plan they would then need to go through council we may be able to do it in one read at the second meeting in December, if there's no objection on, on that, but um, you know, the hope hope would be to get something in place by the uh, by the uh, uh, first of the of the new year, uh, just so these uh, businesses have some expectations that there's going to be some help on the way. And you know, we'll do what we can. I'm not sure exactly what it's going to look like, but I think by tomorrow's meeting, we'll have a pretty good idea of it based on what a city manager gives us in terms of options. All right, Mr. Mayor, appreciate your time this morning. Um... Folks can read more about what you had to say on Facebook. If they have Facebook, check out your Facebook post. And we will uh, we'll keep in touch and see how things go. Watch what happens tomorrow night and uh, hear what some of the businesses have to say as well. Thanks for joining us, though. Always appreciate it. Thanks, Howard. My pleasure, sir. Take care. All right. 17 to the hour on the Watchdog Morning Show. What do you say? Anything? Anything that struck your fancy? Well, I, I think he's, you know, defensive, and, and and rightly so. It's not not his problem. Um, as far as the comment Denny made, I, I think you can negotiate without giving something up. You can maybe go in there and, and plead, you know, saying, "Look, I think everybody turned when they shut Market Street down." With, it, it was the. It was the. Yeah, it was like that's when everybody said, "You know what? Drop. That's enough." So I think you could have maybe negotiated, saying, "Look, please don't do that." Please put off that for as long as you can because you're just shutting town down. Now, the other thing that the mayor said, and I agree, like you and I heading back to Elm Grove, it's not the biggest problem as we thought. Yeah, we could go out 16th Street, but what we can also do, Howard, is, is go right up 12th and go to Chaplin, make a left, and you can just shoot down. I don't know what alley that is. You you, you know the, the right uh, name of the I alley. Lane 7 or something. Takes you right yeah. down to, to, to Market Street, and then you can make the, the right to go right out the tunnel. So it's, the, it's really no problem. And the only concern I have about that is let's get some signage there. Yeah, that would help. Turn here to get back to Market Street, you know, that kind of thing. It, again, it comes back to communication. The uh, John made me so mad over the weekend. I was going to compliment him compliment him on some editorials, and I told him you were just mean to me, and I'm not going to compliment you. But McCabe had a good editorial about it's communication. At this stage of the game, we can't stop what's happening. 
but let's at least communicate it better. Tell people how to get around better. That's and, the biggest thing. And Glenn's a smart guy, but he knows, I think he knows, that some of these same mayors that's patting him on the, on the back, they're going to try to get the Super 6. Yeah, you, wa- no, you watch. There's no yeah, question yeah, no, about no, that. There's no, there, there's no question about that. Um, I had one more thought I wanted to make, and I forgot what it was. So why don't we do news, and maybe my old man's mind will figure it out by the time we get back. Here's Taylor with Ohio Valley Headlines. Good Monday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this December the 4th. There's a new grocery store in Steubenville that's looking to bring you fresh groceries from local farmers. The Steubenville Grocery Box has gone from an online service to a permanent brick-and-mortar store on North 4th Street. In a recent Facebook post, they say they're looking to meet two big needs that they believe Steubenville has. Getting fresh food directly from local farmers and giving the city a grocery store with fresh and affordable food. Right now, their store's hours are from noon to 5 on Thursdays and Fridays and 9 to noon on Saturdays. And a quick traffic update for you now. Starting from 7.30 this morning to 5 p.m., lane restrictions will be in place on a section of U.S. 40 westbound at 1900 National Road in Wheeling near the Patricia Drive intersection for fiber optic installation. Drivers are encouraged to slow down and expect delays. That schedule could change due to weather or unexpected events. And every Christmas, Steubenville displays the world's largest collection of life-size nutcrackers that people from all over the world come to see. This year, they have over 200 nutcrackers and added six new ones to the family. The Nelson family works hard all year long to ensure this family fun Christmas tradition brings Steubenville to life every holiday season. The Nutcrackers have also created an exceptional amount of economic growth for the city. Now, the Steubenville Nutcracker Village is on display 24-7 now until January 6th, but there are fun events for the whole family every weekend. For those details, you can visit WTRF.com. And it's that time of year once again. Santa will be coming down the chimney before you know it, but does your child have their Christmas list made? Well, if so, send it to WTRF. We spoke to Santa, and he will be reading your letters on WTRF.com and on our social media pages. Be sure to include a photo as well as their name, age, and city. All letters need to be mailed by tonight at 11.59 p.m. That was a look at your headlines. Have a marvelous Monday. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. A surprising selection Sunday gives West Virginia the Tar Heels of North Carolina. Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Caridi. That story coming up on today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. The holidays start here at Kroger with a variety of options to celebrate traditions old and new. You could do a classic herb-roasted turkey or spice it up and make turkey tacos. Serve up a go-to shrimp cocktail or use Simple Truth wild-caught shrimp for your first Cajun risotto. No matter how you shop, Kroger has all the freshest ingredients to embrace all your holiday traditions. Kroger, fresh for everyone. With Kroger brand products, you can make all your favorite things this holiday season. Because Kroger brand's proven quality products come at exceptionally low prices. And with a money-back quality guarantee, every dish is sure to be a favorite. These are a few of my favorite things. Whether you shop delivery, pickup, or in-store, Kroger brand has all your favorite things. Kroger, fresh for everyone. So, it's on to Charlotte for the Mountaineer football team for their bowl date against the University of North Carolina. Do you know who knew that West Virginia was going to play North Carolina in Charlotte on Sunday morning? 
Absolutely no one. I mean, no one had projected West Virginia to be anywhere near Charlotte. But a lot of things happened yesterday. Namely, Florida State was not allowed into the Final Four, the college football playoff. That sent a bunch of things into motion and certainly sent the ACC back. And it wasn't until late yesterday afternoon before West Virginia finally got its date against North Carolina. These two teams have only played twice in their history, which is kind of amazing considering the geographical proximity. Each team has won a game. Both of the previous meetings have come in bowl games. Back in 1996, North Carolina beats WVU in the Gator Bowl and then West Virginia beats the Tar Heels in 2008 in Charlotte. And coincidentally, this year's game will fall on the 15th anniversary of WVU's 31-30 victory over the Tar Heels. If you go back to that game, yes, it was Pat White doing what he did, winning bowl games. What a game he had. Completed 26 out of 32 for 332 yards, three touchdown passes, and oh yeah, he also ran for 55 yards. West Virginia will go in, as of right now, as a one-point underdog in this year's matchup. That is today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield. Stack Auction Service. We sell the earth and everything on it. From estates to business liquidation, antiques, coins, firearms, real estate, and more. We're also certified appraisers. Frio and Stack can handle it all. Call us now for a free outside consultation. 304-233-3168. Or visit FrioandStack.com. Licensed in West Virginia, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. Frio and Stack Auction Service. We sell the earth and everything on it. Information, interviews, debates, and discussion, plus an occasional rant with Bob Slider behind the board. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It's 8.51, 9 to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. 39 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 39 at the Highlands. 41 in Elm Grove, going down everywhere else, going going up in my backyard. I don't know why. Uh, 38 degrees here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling, in the heart of the Ohio Valley. And once again, Bob, it feels like we're starting to get cold inside again. It was not too bad earlier, but I feel like we're getting a little bit... I think somebody's messing with us, Howard. I think they, they just turned the air conditioner on. Hey, but let's get Monroe and, and Slider all yeah. upset. Yeah, come on, give them a little, give them a little air conditioning for a while. They're losing their marbles anyway. That's right. We'll make them. It's actually, seriously, isn't that like a, like don't don't they do that when they have like torturing people or when they're trying to break people? They yeah. Or they like you know make it super cold and then super hot and make your mind go crazy. Anyway, 38 degrees outside here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. It's going to be cloudy with some spotty rain showers throughout the day today. Mid-40-ish for our daytime high. Uh, tomorrow, perhaps as early as 10 o'clock, Adam says we could see some snow starting to come in. Um, and the snow will continue 
Uh, in one form or another through the day and into the night and into Wednesday morning, we could see a light accumulation uh, or even a little bit higher accumulation in higher elevations. So uh, be aware of all that. Get your shovel out. I'm well, probably not a shovel, but get your broom out, right? Well, you need a couple things, Howard. What, I, what I do like need, you. I, I enjoy shoveling snow. I oh. never look at it as, man, this is a chore. And I know a lot of people have, uh, that's their, been their demise, you know. Literally. <laughs> yeah. So you got to be careful out there. But, you know, if you have the right tools like anything and, you know, you want to have a, you want to have a shovel, you want to have a, a broom, you want to have some salt, you know, you, if, if you have your stuff, it, it's not too bad. Now, unless you have like a, a foot of snow, you got to move. Now you, now you got a problem, Harry. Probably tomorrow, the next couple of days again, if I'm reading what Adam is saying correctly, and, I, and even he said, look, things could change in time, you're going to see snow a little bit more than a flake or a flurry and maybe a light, light shower. You're going to see accumulation. Your ground may get some white stuff covering. Um, probably simplest thing, unless it gets bad, worse than we thought, throw some salt out on your sidewalk, and, and it, it won't you won't even have to probably – Dust it or sweep it. You I know. think I just heard you say the hell with the broom, the hell with the shovel. Just throw some salt out. That's there kind and of be what I'm saying. <laughs> I, no, I, Nancy and I don't do it like that. So I go for the least, <laughs> the least stressful option. I say throw some salt out and and uh, and then it'll be okay. There was a point that um, the mayor made. I want to go back to the mayor just for a quick second. There was a point that he made, and I was reviewing. I was privy to some communication between the city and the state and so on. And uh, Bob Heron made this point in something I saw earlier. I, 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 it, it gave me a different perspective. It doesn't explain it, doesn't make it any better. The, 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 con the state and the contractor are treating this like a highway project, like they did the I-470 project. Big project, get it done, move this part, move this part. Whereas the city was envisioning, I think, a piece-by-piece piece kind of thing. That's why I've often said, you and I have often said, I thought they would do around 10th Street, you know, from the, from the light there, maybe down to 11th Street, somewhere around there, do all of that, get it done, then move on to the next area. That's kind of the vision I had in the beginning. But it, it does give me a better understanding from the Department of Highways' point of view this is a highway project. It's like fixing I-70. And, Howard, I always try to put more in than what's actually there. Do you think we pissed anybody off with that two-way traffic, you know, going to the going to the state and saying, hey, we want to do this? Do you think we became such a pain in the ass where they said, you know what, we really don't care about wheeling? I, well, I, don't, I wouldn't take it quite that far, but I, I maybe, you know, hey, this is what you wanted. We're going to get it. Uh, you got I, it. But uh, it was a perspective I hadn't thought of, and it, it makes me understand better. It doesn't make me feel better. It makes me understand better. They're treating it like a highway project. And, again, on the highway project, you've got a crew. Go do this. Go do that. Get it done. Boom, 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 boom. Um, but, but that's not the way I think the city was was envisioning it uh, to begin with. Can we get Charlie Reynolds on the on the line? Does I he have, have any pull with I that? Ha I have tried, and I've had no luck. And it sounds to me, from the editorial that I read in the paper over the weekend, they're not having much luck with that either. Tomorrow we will talk, first thing in the show tomorrow, if you want to listen, uh, Matt Welsh is going to join us, the vagabond uh, chef. I bet he ain't very happy. He ain't happy at all. <laughs> not one little tiny bit. Um, he is among the most impacted people by the Market Street closing. Um, so he's going to join us tomorrow. I asked him to come in and t share his frustrations, but also what's he want the city to do? 
I mean, again, we can we 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 have been and we will continue to just get frustrated and get angry and pound our fists, and we should do that. But somewhere along the way, we're going to figure out what do we do to make this better. And so Matt will be here tomorrow morning in the first segment of the show. Tune in early to hear his thoughts about uh, the problems he's having, and um, and and what he thinks maybe can be done about it. I think council. <laughs> I think Council is in for a rough night tomorrow night because they're going to hear, I think, from a lot of, I think, a lot of business people having to do with the, the construction work. And they've got a homeless issue coming up. They've got the funding for the Life Hub coming up tomorrow night. I think that will be back on the agenda again. I'm telling you, I won't be there, but if I was there, I'd be bringing popcorn. I'd be bringing popcorn. Get comfortable. Yes, exactly. All right, we, we have a break to do. Let's take care of some business. The holidays come but once a year, and Master Force is here to spread some cheer with drivers and drills and blades and bits. From sanders and saws to power toolkits, Menards has the value and savings, of course. Shop tools and accessories from Master Force. Find great stocking stuffers and gifts at Menards. Plus, don't forget about our gift cards. Hurry now for deals on Master Force. Available at Menards, of course. Most of us are faced with uncertainty every day. Your job, your finances, sporting events, schooling for your children, and so much more. With so much uncertainty surrounding you, there is one auto dealership that you can be certain about, and that's Doan Ford. You can be certain that you always get a great deal and the best service afterwards. Being in business for over 50 years has given Doan Ford the reputation of being a strong, reliable dealership. Be certain. Choose Doan Ford. Online at DoanFord.com. I'm not buying till I check Doan Ford. <laughs> it's the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. On air, online, on demand, and on video. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. About 9 o'clock here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Frio Stack Auction Service text line is open and available. Uh, a lot of folks, but specifically Abe, was texting a lot during the mayor's uh, comments. And I wasn't going to read all of them. Uh, here's an example. Current mayor, good riddance. That's kind of what Abe had to say in a variety of different uh, messages. And also this from a uh, listener, Bob. Mr. Monroe, you have stress shoveling snow? Capital letters. You don't shovel snow. Nobody's concerned about Nancy out Nancy there. Nancy has stress. She's cold. Shoveling Her back's snow. hurting a little bit. She's got the problems. All right. That's true. That's true. She does the snow shoveling. Almost 9 o'clock here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Zach Shrewsbury is running for the uh, U.S. Senate as a Democrat in West Virginia. What shots he got? We'll ask him next. AM 1600 WKKX Wheeling. 